0: Hello and welcome to another installment of CSO Executive Sessions Australia. I'm Ed Kennedy, the editor of CSO Australia, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Raheem, APAC Region Manager, Information, Security and Compliance at the Access Group. Raheem, welcome.
1: Thank you, Ed. It's really wonderful to be here and to have this nice chat with you.
0: To start, can you tell us a little about your role?
1: Sure. I work at the Access Group and head up the business risk, information security, and compliance functions in the APAC region. So, in this role, I run strategic business transformation programs across the various entities that form the Access Group as a whole. And I work very closely with the respective senior leadership teams to achieve better risk management, security, and uh, operationally optimized outcomes for the customers, as well as of our own organization. So these activities actually eventuate into assurance and assurance opportunities by means of uh, certifications against international standards, such as ISO, and uh, thereby providing value and peace of mind to our customers. So apart from that, uh, you know, we also have the regular stuff tied to my role, like BCP incident management, uh, providing advisory and internal audit management functions, which is uh, quite the norm.
0: What can you share with us about the Access Group's current goals in the cybersecurity space?
1: As many of you may be aware uh, from the various news reports, uh, we have made significant investments in terms of acquisitions in the APAC region in the recent past. And the uh, key focus for us to do is to have these entities and the new colleagues integrated into the Access Group, the way of working for us, and to bring them up in terms of maturity levels to a common standard that we have achieved across the organization. Uh, There are several technical and uh, non-technical process integrations that one would expect to happen in these kinds of activities. And cybersecurity for us is a key focus, given the volatile nature of the risks, the cyber risk that we are facing across the world. So cybersecurity is not just about, you know, installing uh, anti malware software or any other fancy software into your endpoints. Uh, That's just the surface layer of whatever happens. So underneath, we have several members, in the SecOps team, doing the hard work, and making sure that the magic happens. Uh, the other area of focus for us would also be in terms of continuous improvement. You know, If we don't keep improving ourselves, uh, you know, we are uh, not going to be in a good position to service our customers to make sure that uh, whatever we deliver is up to the mark. So continuous improvement is a huge uh, key activity for us, and it is all about how we make the processes that we have more reliable, resilient as well as secure.
0: 2023, of course, follows a very, very eventful year for cybersecurity in 2022. How would you reflect on the year that was?
1: That is a very interesting question, Ed. Uh, there were several big names last year, You know, just taking Australia into consideration. We had Optus, Medibank, Telstra, and uh, more recently this year, we had Latitude a couple of months back, you know, Optus, uh, we all know that uh, the root cause was found to be an exposed API that was unprotected, leading to the whole breach. Medibank was because of stolen credentials and uh, MFA was not being used. Telstra was more of an accidental push or a human error, kind of a mistake. Uh, While latitude, uh, it's more recent and details are not uh, extremely clear. But uh, most of us we believe that it's a vendor originated uh, vendor side originated attack. The takeaways for these are quite simple in the sense that you know from Optus perspective, uh, the root cause was thought to be an exposed AI, which means if we perform our due diligence in terms of pen testing, in terms of uh, making sure that we have good process in terms of change management, performing regular scannings and uh, fixing the issues promptly, that would be one of the good hygiene measures. Uh, the other factor is uh, uh, implementing 2 FA systems or multi-factor authentication systems to go along with your credentials. So even if somehow the credential gets compromised, that is a second factor in terms of a rotating uh, random code that might not be so easily compromised. So that would have been a good fix uh, for the Medi- Medibank uh, learning. And Telstra is more of a human error kind of a thing, which means that we also need to be uh, looking into improving our processes, making sure that it is uh, mistake proof. So integrating all those uh, built-in security logic within the processes, making sure that there is no room for error could be a good learning for us. And last but not the least, uh, vendor management, vendor risk assessments and vendor security assessments would be the key in terms of preventing vendor-side initiated attacks, uh, which we saw in in the case of uh, Latitude. These are all considered as uh, basic hygiene factors. However, it is uh, much more complicated than just saying that, yeah, we should be doing this. The reason is because uh, it all comes with some price in terms of the cost, in terms of the effort, in terms of the time that organizations need to spend and not every single organization might have this kind of resources behind. So which is where they need to look into what kind of risk they are looking at and manage the risk from that perspective. So prioritization will help in terms of managing the risk and making sure that we allocate the necessary funds, necessary resources towards those prioritized solutions would help us go in a long way rather than having nothing at all.
0: How do you see 2023 shaping up in the months ahead for cybersecurity?
1: That's that's a really good one. Uh, given that we have had a number of uh, lessons learned in the recent past, uh, I'm sure a lot of us uh, in the industry and a lot of our colleagues would have at least realized the magnitude or the gravity of the situation. And the changes implemented uh, based on these negative ex- experiences that we have been facing together in the recent past is also uh, a key factor in what is coming up in the future. So, but despite all of these sad stories coming through, as a nation, I think we have been moving forward in the right direction as of whole.
0: What pleases you about the current cybersecurity landscape in Australia?
1: The, the security landscape in Australia is quite interesting, uh, especially with the fact that the government is putting in a lot of measures in terms of the recent. Uh, rules and legislations coming into effect. Uh, we saw a couple of years back that the Privacy Act was beefed up to raise the organization's uh, responsibility in terms of the, in in an event of a data breach. Uh, the rules around infra is also becoming tighter with the SOCI Act. So critical infrastructure, the industries that run critical infrastructure, uh, they are uh, the main focus of the act. And uh, more recently, the development of the Australian cyber strategy, which is looking until the year 2030, began with the call for inputs from the public uh, a couple of months back. So the vision for this strategy is to make Australia the most secure nation by the year 2020 uh, 2030. And uh, as someone with the skin in the game, I'm feeling very optimistic and hopeful for the future. This is really good stuff.
0: On the other side of the coin, what concerns you? What work do you think remains to be done when it comes to the cybersecurity sector?
1: I think, I think it's a really good question over here in terms of what we need to be doing. Uh, just given the examples of the recent past, we have the work really cut out for us. And yes, we are looking towards the future with a potentially good cyber strategy in the works. However, the current state of things it's not as good as one would really expect because we still have a long way to go in terms of achieving all these uh, things that we just spoke of. Uh, One of the key factors over here is that cybersecurity as a whole, you do not see tangible returns on investment. You invest something as a business, you need to have an investment that can be put in as an income in front of the shareholders. But in terms of investments in cybersecurity, what really happens is, it's a mitigation measure. So you don't really get uh, an ROI that can be ascribed to something. It only becomes valuable if something goes wrong. But the whole point of having cybersecurity is to ensure that nothing goes wrong. So it's kind of a bit contradictory over here, which is causing a lot of friction in terms of getting the necessary budgets and making the necessary justifications as well as the approval. And that is the main concern as to why uh, we are in the state that we are today. Uh, however, like I said earlier, uh, we have a good strategy as a nation and the critical infrastructure side is also being uh, given a lot of limelight and people as a whole uh, are getting familiar and the awareness has been increasing with regards to what cyber security is and what it is all about and how they can protect themselves. So we do have these concerns, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure we are also in the right direction, improving ourselves and heading along.
0: Raheem, when it comes to ISO certifications, I understand you have some strong views about how they are discussed and debated in the cybersecurity landscape. So, what do you think people need to better understand about ISO certs? ISO certification
1: is based on an international standard that is recognized worldwide. Uh, some countries may have a different preference against ISO, but uh, it is still recognized internationally. It's a good standard to go with. And specifically within the security domain, uh, ISO 27001 is uh, a key certification uh, that one might use as a good start. So ISO 27001 is not about you know telling you a step-by-step guide as to what one needs to be performing to make sure that they have a good security. It gives you a guideline. It gives you a direction as to what can be performed within your organization. So as a security personnel looking into the security needs of your organization, uh, ISO gives you that kind of a guardrail as to what needs to be focused, what kind of controls needs to be thought of so that we can check the relevance of the control for our own organization's scope and go ahead with performing the necessary implementation tailored and customized to the organization in question. So that is what ISO is all about. And ISO uh, 27001 uh, has two key pillars, at least in my opinion, which is risk management and continuous improvement. Risk management is what underpins everything that happens in a business. You have a new use case, you have a new business case. It also has a business risk tied to it. Risk versus opportunity, that has been the communication, the linga franca of most of the businesses for time immemorial. And uh, the same goes with continuous improvement. We need, to be stay, uh, we need to stay relevant, not just from the cyber perspective. Think of anything that happens in a business. Things change, the market trends change, customer demand change, and you, we as a business need to change. And it's the same thing that is applicable in the cyber world as well. Threats keep changing, it's a volatile world. And how we improve ourselves, how we change and reinvent the things that we do, it matters a lot making sure that we, as an organization, stay relevant and secure and provide the greatest services to the customers.
0: What are the key principles of risk management in cybersecurity to your mind?
1: Thanks, Ed, that, that's a very good follow-up question uh, with regards to what we just spoke of uh, in the ISO side of things. So risk management, like I said, is uh, what underpins uh, the whole of the business activities. So. Typically speaking, with a non-cyber fist, risk management is what happens when you put up a business case. You see what kind of risk you're facing in terms of putting that particular product out or particular service out and what kind of opportunities are there for that particular product or service. So that is where risk actually starts. And the same thing ties up to anything and everything that goes on in an organization. And the same follows through in a cyber world as well. So when we want to speak of cyber defenses, cyber strategies, the first and foremost thing that we need to be looking at is the risk management perspective. As an organization, cyber security exists to enable the organization perform better to go that extra mile to deliver the extra value for the stakeholders. And when we are going ahead with these kinds of strategies and planning, it is vital for us to actually come up with a proper risk assessment we start with identifying what risk the organization is facing, what risk a particular process, a particular team, or whatever activity that happens within the organization uh, might face in the short, medium, and the long-term futures. And based on these risk assessments, we need to prioritize the risk that we need to be focusing on because not every risk is equal. Some of the risks are pretty high in terms of the penalties that we might incur, but some of the risk, it might be acceptable. So depending on what the risk appetite uh, of the organization is, we will have to prioritize the risk and make sure that we come up with proper mitigation uh, measures tied to that risk. And that flows back into how we strategize the cybersecurity run. So strategizing in the cybersecurity is not about you know, sitting in a room and coming up with uh, fancy ideas of installing fancy software. It's all a methodical procedure starting from risk management. And that is the ultimate key of whatever needs to be happening. And uh, this is something that um, I actually find interesting because uh, most of us, at least in the earlier years of uh, cyber careers, we talk of uh, tools, we talk of uh, processes, we talk of n number of technical things, but uh, not a lot of people talk of risk. But risk management, I believe is the fundamental that everyone needs to put themselves into and bring their capabilities up.
0: What insights would you share with cybersecurity professionals keen to learn more from another professional in their field?
1: Uh, this is uh, something that we just spoke of, like uh, risk management is uh, what I would think of. Uh, the other aspect that uh, I would also be looking at is uh, not to jump into a solutioning mode uh, immediately. So always think of the problem at hand. We as a, information security or a cybersecurity professional, we exist to support the organization, go further. We exist to enable the organization to do the things that it intends to do. We do not exist to put fancy stuff and make sure that uh, everyone is using and everyone is complying. So a lot of things needs to be looked into rather than just from the solutioning mode. So when we have a problem, when we have an issue that we want to solve, focus on the problem think of the various alternatives evaluate as to what alternative best suits a particular organization because alternative a may work with one organization but will definitely fail for another it all matters in terms of the, uh, in terms of making a good evaluation as to what works and what doesn't and the second thing that we also need to be looking into is the culture of the organization because irrespective of how many millions or or billions of dollars that we invest into this uh, cyber realm. It's the people that really matters. They are our strongest as well as the weakest link. They are our huge champions. We need to address the staff, the people that we have. We need to make sure that they understand the implications and the relevance of the work that they do. And the best of all, if one can afford to do or if one can do, make sure that security is Built into the processes and make sure that it is as invisible as possible to the user. The user, end user, they typically do not need to know, like, no, we are using TLS 1.2 or whatever new version that we might come up in another five years' time. They do not need to know what kind of encryption we are using. As long as the functions work for them, it is good enough. But in the background, we need to make sure that everything is up in a proper manner and we need to make that uh layer invisible to the end users without having to make sure that without having to uh uh, make the end users jump through hoops to just ensure certain compliances that we might have so invisibility and engaging the stakeholders engaging the staff i think that would be a key way for us to move forward
0: and with that last question that brings us to the end of this conversation here Thank you to those in our audience. And Raheem, a special thanks to you for taking part in this chat.
1: Ed, thank you very much. I really love the questions that you asked me. They were really wonderful. And some of the questions were really interconnected. Uh, I look forward to a new episode and uh, hope to meet you soon.
0: Just this has been a great conversation here, please keep an eye out for another installment soon of CSO Executive Sessions Australia.